Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast from The Lancet Public Health. It's still January 2022 and I'm Jonathan Blott. This month, I'm delighted to be joined by Dan Lewer from University College London, whose new research on causes of death among people who use illicit opioids in England is published this month. So to start, what do we know about the increased risk of death uh, among people who use illicit opioid, opioids, for example, heroin, and how has this risk changed over time? Well, it's a population that has changed over time. In the UK, a lot of people started using heroin in the 1980s and the 90s, and those were mostly young people in their 20s. The main causes of death in this young population were drug overdoses and infections like HIV. And to a great extent, those issues remain the focus of research in this population today. That cohort still makes up the majority of people who use heroin and they're now in their 40s and 50s. So, of course, their health is different to what it was 20 or 30 years ago. The biggest thing that you might have heard about is the record number of people who are dying due to drug overdoses. In the UK, it's a recurrent news story. Each year, our National Statistics Agency releases data on this subject using death certificates. And over the past decade, the number of drug-related deaths has escalated each year, and particularly related to opiates. It's also something that's happening in North America. The reason's a bit different there. A key question is whether ageing in the population is driving this. So it's a common argument, we're seeing more drug-related deaths because the population's older and frailer and more susceptible to overdose. So this increase in drug-related deaths is a public health crisis, but the data about deaths by itself doesn't tell us much about it. Now, the two key reasons are, one, there's no denominator, so it's difficult to see if it's because more people are using opiates or the risk associated with them is increasing. And two, it only tells us about drug-related deaths. And so by that, we mean overdoses, because they're the only deaths in this population we can identify from the death certificates. If someone who uses opiates dies from respiratory, cardiovascular disease or cancer, then we don't know about it. So given this quite stark background that you've described, what were the aims of this particular cohort study? Well, from a scientific perspective, we wanted to address those two issues about the lack of a denominator and the difficulty in measuring those other deaths, those that are not drug overdoses. So we aim to report the most common causes of death, how they've changed in the past 20 years, and if that's explained by this trend of ageing in the population. From a policy perspective, we wanted to inform the programme of reinvestment and revitalisation of drug treatment services in the UK. Um, those services have been seriously run down in recent years and they're struggling to deliver safe and effective treatment. That's something that's finally been recognised by the government. It looks like more support and funding is coming. So this detailed data on causes of death tells us about the changing health of this population and how those services will need to respond. And um, please can you describe some of your study's key findings? Yeah, I'd highlight three. First... The rates of all causes of death are raised in this population. The risk ratios are highest for those causes of death we usually think of as drug-related. So, for example, the risk of death due to viral hepatitis, that's a disease that is mostly in this country related to injecting of drugs, was 100 times higher in our cohort than among people of the same age in the general population. 
the risk of death due to drug poisoning was 50 times higher. But all other causes were higher too. Cancers were three times more common. Respiratory and lung diseases were 10 times more common. And once you take into account the fact that those diseases are actually very prevalent or very common in the general population, those ratios of three or 10 represent a lot of deaths. And in fact, only a third of deaths in our study were due to drug poisoning and the majority of excess deaths were due to long-term conditions. So that's one. Second, the rate of fatal drug poisoning has increased over the past decade. That confirmed finding of lots of other studies about this population. But we were able to show that the age-specific rates of fatal drug poisoning increased and the growing number of drug-related deaths isn't explained by the ageing of the population. And the third one that we'd highlight is that the key causes of death change substantially as, as people get older. And to some extent, that's not surprising because we know that people's health changes as they get older. So at younger ages, most deaths um, in our cohort were due to drug poisoning, suicides and accidents, similar, in fact, to the general population. By age 42, the risk of death due to long-term physical health problems for someone who uses illicit opioids exceeds the risk of death due to drug poisoning. And by age 55, it's the vast majority of deaths. So if you combine the fact the population is getting older on average, you can see why there's so many more deaths due to non-communicable diseases. And obviously, um, causal associations are, are very difficult to determine, but, but are you able to expand on why you think these deaths have been increasing, particularly those from drug poisonings? Well, focusing on the drug poisonings, we can dispel this idea that an increasing number of deaths can be explained by the fact people use heroin today are older than they were in the past. There might be an increase in the risk of fatal overdose with age. Studies have mixed results on that. Ours did find an increase, but it was relatively mild and then appeared to decrease again after around age 45. But in any case, we couldn't explain the increasing risk of drug-related death over time that we saw in our cohort by age. In the UK, we fortunately don't have the same growth in synthetic opioids like fentanyl that seems to be driving the latest stage of the opioid crisis in North America. So that leaves us looking for other explanations, and those include the increasing availability or purity of drugs. It varies a lot from place to place and year to year, but there was a heroin drought about 10 years ago, and drugs are probably more available now than they were then. An increase in polydrug use, and particularly sedative drugs like benzodiazepines and gabapentinoids, that often used alongside opioids now, and that greatly increases the risk of death. And decreased funding and availability of evidence-based treatment alongside methadone and, and buprenorphine. And a focus on successful completion. Sometimes clients who are discharged but actually still using drugs. So our data doesn't give us insight into the relative importance of those factors, which are not ageing. I'd say it's likely they're all important, especially the, the reduced protection afforded by evidence-based treatment. And you already mentioned the, uh, the growing burden of non-communicable diseases among this patient group. What are the implications of this finding for health services for people who use drugs and how we manage their treatment in future? Yeah, well, if you talk to staff working at drug and alcohol services, they'll tell you their clients today are quite different to 10 or 20 years ago. 
In some cases, they might actually be the same individuals, but they're older uh, and they've got different health needs. It's a population with common experiences of prison, homelessness, other forms of marginalisation, used to experiencing stigma and discrimination, including in healthcare. Access to healthcare is poor and drug and alcohol services sometimes the only point of contact. Those are services which have had financial cuts, loss of clinical staff and often isolation from other local health services. So you can see why they're struggling to meet the needs of clients. They're not set up to support clients with increasingly complex health needs. Surveys with spirometry, which measures lung function, have found that one in three clients of those services have chronic obstructive lung disease. Many are undiagnosed, don't see their GP. That's an equity issue and we need to consider how healthcare access can be improved. I believe it's through integration between drug and alcohol services, which are actually accessible for this population, and more mainstream health services. Referrals don't always work, so we need reinvestment in clinically trained staff, joint clinics with GPs and key local specialties like respiratory health. And finally, what do you hope to see from future research in this area? Well, I'd like to see research focusing more on the physical health of this population. Research has focused on treating blood-borne viral infections like hepatitis C and HIV and reducing the risk of overdose. We've now got evidence-based interventions in those areas that work. Those remain big issues. Access can be improved, but we, we know what works and we have interventions. Now people who use opioids are older and those excess deaths due to physical health problems are becoming a much bigger issue. We need research into models of diagnosis and care that work for this group. Thank you. Thanks very much. You can read Dan Lewis research online now at thelancet.com. Thank you to my guest and thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation With. You can subscribe to In Conversation With The Lancet Public Health wherever you usually get your podcasts.